We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Fantasy Football Rankings Top 150 Part 2. We're going to start at 50 and go our way up to 100 and my guest today might be able to talk me in or out of some players and where they stand inside the entire top 150. I already did part one, one through 50 overall with Jake Seeley. You can find that up on Mayo Media Network. Subscribe today, by the way, to the YouTube channel. Just hit the description. You're going to find it down there as you will find a cash giveaway. You want to win a hundred or hundreds of dollars? Well, if you're the lucky one who gets her name drawn out, then you most definitely will. So what you need to do is hit that description. There's a brand new show on Mayo Media Network. It's called Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. It's uh, it's already launched. You can go check out episode one now. It's going to be twice a week for a while, then three times a week, then in season. It's going to be five or six times a week to meet all of your fantasy football season long. DraftKings and betting needs. It's going to be a lot of fun. So what I recommend that you do is hit that description. There is a giveaway in the Apple review section. You leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, something you enjoy about the show. You can make it up. I don't give a shit. And then you can say Twitter handle or email address so I know where to contact you if you are a winner. We're going to be giving away those winners in the beginning of August. So please support Mayo Media Network and go check that out right now. Subscribe to the new podcast, Fantasy Football Picks and bets you're going to be surprised the amount of talent coming in on this show on a weekly basis it's going to be terrific news you can also find the full top 150 in the description and on DraftKings playbook right now as well remember to smash the like button for the video and you tell me which player that you are really high on from this 50 from beyond 50 like after the fourth round 
in fantasy football drafts this year? Who's the guy that you have to take on your team? No questions asked. I'll reach three rounds on this guy because I got to have him. I want to know who the, those popular players are, at least in your mind right now, entering the 2021 fantasy football season. And the big thing that you need to do, because it's free to use right now, and season long is going to be free all year long, but you need to go to runthesims.com. Season long, daily fantasy, sports betting, an optimizer, projection, sports betting tools. It's all up there. It is a tools and stats site. And it's free to use till the end of July. So if you just go make a free account, find that down in the description as well, at runthesims.com. However, it's going to be, if you're going to get into the optimizer game or the sports betting game in terms of tools to help you succeed, uh, it's going to cost money. So what you should do is go to runthesims.com slash mayo. There is the early bird special on right now. You can get the founder's rate before August 1st. You lock that in. You lock that in like the NWO for life. All right, Justin Freeman, my partner at runthesims.com is on the line with me right now. I think you're giving away too much money here, Justin. I mean, locking in the same rate for life, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's uh, something we want to do to be able to reward people who jump on this early. Obviously, that's a good situation for everybody involved. And, uh, you know, you you obviously have been down this road before with with Fantasy National. And I think it's a good way to reward people who hop in early. And so we're happy to do it. I think people have really loved the site who've hopped on already. So uh, we're kind of hitting the rocket ship season right now and rolling on like it's uh, people are already starting to report to camp uh, here for NFL like that's this week. And so uh, all the news and stories lines are going to come in projections are going to be updated constantly so it should be a lot of fun this season yeah so go give it a test drive right now run the sims.com maybe it's not for you but it probably is going to be for you if you care about the nfl uh, and even check out the advanced stats hub as well if you want to break down like week by week target shares market shares all of that information is up there and super customizable for you so just wanted to let you in on the secret. So run the sims.com and slash Mayo to get that discount founders rate. If you want it right now, after you go check it out. So I want to talk about my rankings. I already went through the very top end of the rankings. That's uh, you know, people somewhat agree. Some people don't agree, but if you're drafting in a season long format, Justin, like what are some things that you're wanting to do? Like, are you someone who doesn't care that like, Hey, it's the fourth round. I'll take a quarterback. Are you still firmly on, Hey, 10th round and above is where I want to get my quarterback. Yeah, I definitely still buy into to late round quarterback. I do think people are getting a little bit smarter at nailing down some of those values too. Like uh, that's an important thing to remember that as that quarterback market becomes a bit more efficient, we should probably be a little bit more willing to take those guys where their ADP is going. But I still think there's guys that are going late in your draft. Like I know uh, the the late round quarterback, J.J. Zacharyson, always preaches that, you know, late round quarterback is not a strategy of playing chicken. Like you don't want to be necessarily the last guy holding the bag for for quarterback but even if you get into that situation in a one quarterback league that's not such a bad place to to be there's lots of good quarterbacks available late but I'd say sort of that sweet spot to me is like I want to be targeting guys in the eighth ninth tenth rounds you know, getting your guys like Jalen Hurts or a Joe Burrow, somebody who you know has a really uh, strong ceiling. And, and those guys kind of for different reasons, like we saw immense pass volume with Burrow last year. We saw incredible rushing volume for Jalen Hurts last year. A lot of different ways to get to the same number of fantasy points, which is ultimately what we're after. Chase offenses who have a little bit of ceiling and maybe just a little bit of ambiguity there at the quarterback position. 
Well, I want to talk to you about those Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow in particular, because you're the one who's providing the projections, the baseline projections at runthesims.com. And I want to take a look at your projections for the Cincinnati Bengals. So we can see that you, know, you have Joe Burrow projected as QB number 11. And we take a look at this. And one of the great things about the site is you can go customize everything you want. You think Justin's a jamoke? Like, oh, to 1,066.8 plays, please give me 1,100 plays. But this is a very optimistic pass rate for this team. Like, you have them passing 61% of the time, rushing 39% of the time. Uh, and if that's the case, and they do pass over 60% of the time, they could feasibly, with, with no like legit tight end that we know is going to to soak up a lot of the targets now we're looking at a situation where all three of these receivers could end up being top 30 options or it breaks a different way and one of the receivers ends up being like a fringe top 10 option one guy kind of falls by the wayside one guy's firmly in between how, how do you see this team shaking out yeah, I think the most likely scenario is we do get a pretty even distribution of targets between that big three. We've got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, and uh, they're all going to get targets for sort of different reasons. But I think if any of them has an opportunity to pull ahead and become like the alpha dog, it's going to be Jamar Chase. This dude may be the best wide receiver prospect that we've seen, you know, in five or so years. Like he's he's phenomenal. Sat out his entire junior season last year because. Uh, he was a freaking stud as a sophomore and didn't want to blow it. And uh, and so he took the the locked in guarantee of of being a top five pick going to the Bengals. And I think they're going to feed him aggressively. That's not taking anything away from away from Tyler Boyd, who he's going to soak up targets for different reasons as as the chain mover in that offense. And T Higgins, a guy who, you know, maybe the expectations aren't as high as what we have for for T uh, for uh uh, Jamar Chase, but T Higgins had a great year last year as well. I think we'll start off seeing Jamar Chase sort of have to earn his way up in that offense, but by week four or five, I expect him to be the clear alpha. And, and if there's anybody who's going to do what Justin Jefferson did last year, this year, I think it's going to be Jamar Chase. So of the rookies, you're not, how terrified are you? Cause the projections have him out as wide receiver number 14 in my overall rankings. He is number 41 overall. That's between Robert Woods. And I actually have him ahead of cd lamb at this point which i know is going to be a very controversial opinion because everyone loves cd lamb i would just the way that i'm drafting i'm just going to take michael gallup late and go with that and hope that cooper is still you know potentially the number one they're all basically the situation that you've kind of laid out with the Bengals. i think could happen in dallas where all three of them are pretty viable so give me the value guy a little bit later the thing with jamar chase right now is yes he is being drafted as the highest of the Bengals wide receivers but it's not so the cost hasn't become prohibitive yet where it has with CD lamb. Like you really need to go reach on CD lamb. If you want him on your team. And I don't see a huge distinction between them. Yes. CD lamb can go out and just grab the number one job in Dallas and end up being by far the best fantasy receiver and real life receiver on that team. But I see the same path for Jamar chase and the cost is much better for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're talking about a sixth round ADP for Jamar chase and a guy with just as much upside as anybody. I mean, one of the things we really love about that Cowboys offense is the pace. Like they, they run a ton of plays and obviously Dak's a capable passer. And that's exactly what we're seeing in Cincinnati as well. A capable passer with a ton of pass volume. And we just want more and more shots on goal, right? Like that's, that's what we want. We want, you know, if you take a, an offense, a passing offense that has 40 targets to go around in a game versus 
versus one that has 30 targets to go around. Like simple math tells you that a 20% target share in each of those offenses is not the same. So we want to target that since the offense, I'm a big believer in it. And, and obviously people are buying into Joe Mixon this year as well in that offense um, because of the fact that they do project to be one of the more higher scoring teams in the league. They have been rebuilding for, I don't know what, decades. <laughs> and now they actually have a really strong team. So excited to see what they can put together this year, but love that price point on Jamar Chase. So CD Lamb is being drafted right now in the NFC high stakes league season long drafts at number 13 at wide receiver. That's pick number 33 overall. So that is a third round pick. That's the cost for CD Lamb right now. He's going ahead of Amari Cooper, who is number 16. And I, I understand the case for it, but at some point you're buying the ceiling of a player. And maybe people think that he's going to be the number one receiver this year. I, I suppose in that Dallas offense, that's not out of the range of outcomes. It's just not where I would have him projected out. That's more than I'm willing to buy. And then I look at Chase. Chase is still being drafted as the number 23 receiver overall and pick number 55. So you have C.D. Lamb, who's going in between Allen Robinson and Mike Evans, or Jamar Chase, who's going in between Tyler Lockett and Adam Thielen. T. Higgins is going at number 25. So it seems like if you want to shoot for the upside, that Jamar Chase would be the pick here. And like, as you kind of pointed out, that if you just want a safe, reliable player who still has upside, if he factors into this offense more than people think, Tyler Boyd is probably the pick. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. And I think, you know, the classic slot guy gets a lot of bad rap, but, you know, whether it be DFS, best ball season long, whatever, like it's not super sexy to own Tyler Boyd on your roster, but a guy that consistently gets points and can produce for your lineup has a lot of value. And let's not sleep on the fact that, you know, monster weeks are indeed tied to uh, opportunities and, and having more and more shots at, at being able to put together those monster weeks helps a guy like Tyler Boyd. So don't sleep on a guy just because he's a, you know, don't, don't slot shame, right? Yeah, don't slot shame in this situation. The guy that he's uh, he's going around, like someone like Will Fuller and Tyler Boyd have very similar ADPs right now. I think in my mind, I'm just, I'm drawn to the allure of Will Fuller. I know he's going to miss the first game of the season. And everyone's so down on that Miami offense. Like, ah, Tua sucks. He's not going to be able to do anything. But these are real weapons that he has in place right now. And it just, it strikes me as odd for a player that the fantasy community loves as much as Will Fuller, by and large, like, oh my God. And maybe they just want him on DraftKings week to week or in best ball formats, maybe not so much season long because of his unpredictable nature. But in this offense, he could be the wide receiver one and be really good. Yeah, exactly. Well, even if he's not the wide receiver one, he's going to very rarely come off the field. He and Devontae Parker are going to be staples out there along with Mike Gesicki at tight end. You'll see some other guys mix in for that you know, number three role. But overall, I think you can project a lot of consistency there for Will Fuller. Now, you know, one of my least favorite things you know, to hear people say as a negative on a player is, is injury prone, but that always comes up with Will Fuller. And, uh, and maybe it's the old high performance racing engine uh, analogy here where he's just always in the shot because of how fast the guy moves, but truly explosive guy. And, and we've seen this before with quarterbacks and, and coaching staffs, the, the Dolphins, another team who has been rebuilding for several years, they have sort of lined the planets up so that they have a ton of draft capital that they've invested um, along the line. And then along the, the skill position players as well to, 
put Tua in a place where he can succeed. So, you know, being able to throw, you know, even at worst jump balls to Will Fuller and Devontae Parker is a pretty enviable situation. And Mike Gesicki, a guy that can jump out of the gym too. So I think they've put Tua in a place where he can succeed. They've obviously eliminated Ryan Fitzpatrick from the situation. So they can focus. Like he doesn't have to look over his shoulder all season long. He can just go in there, play quarterback. And I think Tua has obviously the legs to, to keep the chains moving on first down. And I think that's sort of an underrated part of fantasy football in general is like, do you have a team that can move the chains? Like forget about scoring upside. Scoring upside will come when you have multiple ways to achieve first downs. And to me, the Dolphins have set themselves up in a big way to be able to convert on you know third and any distance. And so I like them to be a big uh, rebounder this year. What do you make of their backfield? Because Miles Gaskin appears like if he is the running back one and he's going to get 70, 75% of the snaps, he's being massively underdrafted at this point. But everyone just kind of like, I don't really know what's going on with Miles Gaskin. Is Selvin Ahmed going to take a shot here in this backfield or one of the like myriad guys that they've signed in the offseason going to come in? So that either like there's a couple guys like this at running back, like Mike Davis is one of the Miles Gaskin is another mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt, I guess you could throw in that boat because they're all going around the same spot. Like the the difference between Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette at that point too. Like, do you have any faith in any of these guys? Because I'm not going to lie to you, I looked at the projections. They love Mike Davis, Justin. They do. And matter of fact, uh, Miles Gaskin and Mike Davis, two guys whose projection I actually updated uh, this morning. So I am aware of both of those guys. To me, Gaskin is a guy who he actually makes for a fantastic use case in the projection builder because we, we think that he has a wide range of outcomes. There's a lot of ways this backfield can go. Miles Gaskin could absolutely take over there and like end up with a 60% rushing market share as possible. Uh, it could be a complete mix, you know, backfield with you know, either Ahmed or Malcolm Brown. Like Malcolm Brown's actually the guy that I tweaked up a little bit today because the reports seem to be indicating that he may be the number two and not Ahmed. So we'll keep an eye on that situation as well. But, you know, you know, Gaskin came in, played well last year, but there's not a long track record either. So, you know, you know, it's a very different situation than some of those other guys, you know, even comparing to, to Mike Davis. We think about at least the Falcons did something that showed us that they were interested in featuring Mike Davis. They went out and got him in free agency, let Ido Smith go, let Brian Hill go. It's just Mike Davis and some undrafted free agents hanging around. So I think you can feel much more solid about projecting Mike Davis for volume than you can for Miles Gaskin because we have not seen sustained usage from Miles Gaskin. So for me, like right now, running back 15 is where you have Mike Davis. I have Mike Davis at number 47 overall in the rankings. That's one spot behind Kyler Murray. And I actually bumped him up a spot ahead of Chris Carson. So I'm a bit of a believer, but when you look at his ADP right now, where's Mike Davis finally going? Has he settled yet? No, he's still going around pick number 60. That's after Kareem Hunt. Like I get that Kareem Hunt's probably a better football player than Mike Davis, but he's just not going to have that same potential opportunity. Like this just becomes Mike Davis's job all year long essentially he's just in the Todd Gurley role from last year but catches a few more passes like Todd Gurley was horrible last year on the Falcons and was still like a top 20 running back yeah exactly I mean somebody has to score the rushing touchdowns in the offense and you know whether or not Kareem Hunt's a better more talented runner than 
than Mike Davis? I, yeah, I'd agree. My, Mike Davis is probably just a journeyman guy, but who really cares? Like the, the goal of fantasy football is not to figure out who are the best players, who has the most talent, who's going to be the most, you know, uh, efficient and success rate or uh, expected points added or whatever. Like, you know, we don't care about that. We care about production and production comes through volume, especially at the running back position. So just give me the guy who's going to be locked into the lead back role. Like I don't see when I look at the rest of that roster, anybody who's going to threaten Mike Davis for lead back duties. I see. So you're just not buying the talent of Quadre Olison or that this is finally the team that unlocks Cordero Patterson. Yeah, no, I'm not buying into it. I, I do think Patterson will get his token rushes per game, but overall, like, no, I, I, and I'm intrigued by the Falcons offense in general. Like I think Calvin Ridley's one of my favorite players to draft this season, because I think he actually has a chance to be the wide receiver one with Julio Jones out of town. When you look at the, uh, the splits back and forth with Julio on the field and Julio off the field, Calvin Ridley is just an absolute target monster and continues to be efficient. So sometimes what we see is that these wide receivers, you know, when the alpha wide receiver is out, the, the number two wide receiver can't step in and handle the double coverage and the, the extra shadow treatment and that sort of thing. But not a problem for Calvin Ridley, a talented dude in his own right. And the the, the Falcons figured be passing a lot because their defense still has a lot of holes in it. They'll be playing catch up all year. That sounds good for, for Calvin Ridley to me. So just looking at my rankings, I have Davis over Miles Gaskin and Kareem Hunt. That is not the way that they've been drafted over the past three weeks, though. And this is from a sample of 94 high stakes drafts. It's going... Well, actually, Javante Williams is going at pick number 52 ahead of all of them. Then it's Miles Gaskin, then Kareem Hunt, then Mike Davis. James Robinson is also on this tier, too. Do you have any feel for James Robinson? Because I don't feel like he's on. I mean, he could most definitely be on this these guys' tier for this season, depending on how Jacksonville shakes out. I just don't know if I'm comfortable drafting him around all of these other guys who we, you know, we could have our doubts about the talent of some of these guys, but yeah. it just seems like their path to upside is a lot clearer. Yeah, I, I don't get it with James Robinson. He's a guy who, to me, looks like he's about four rounds overpriced. Like, I, I think he's just completely out of left field with where his ADP is. And I don't understand the upside case uh, for him. To me, he's maybe a, a high-end handcuff type because we know Travis Etienne was drafted to be the starting running back of this team. So we want a backup running back from the Jaguars? Like, I, I don't understand where we're coming from on that. Now, granted, there were the reports that Travis Etienne would be involved as more of this, like, uh, slot wide receiver uh, hybrid type role. And then maybe you get two running backs on the field, but I'll tell you anytime I've ever heard the, like we'll play two running backs at the same time theory, it never works out all season. No, I have James Robinson ranked number 95 overall in the rankings. And he's on the running back tier for me with Gus Edwards, Kenyon Drake, Damian Harris. So I might actually be bumping up right now. I gotta, maybe we'll talk through that a little bit. Melvin Gordon, Trey Sermon, AJ Dillon, Latavius Murray, James Connor, Tony Pollard, Jamal Williams, Alexander Madison. Like he's on the tier of yeah. if other guy gets hurt, then he'll be good. If not, probably not going to be good. Yeah, which is basically what had to happen last year. It wasn't that somebody got hurt. It was that Leonard Fournette got shipped out of town and uh, left a wide open hole thanks to something that nobody could have really foreseen, this whole falling out or whatever and Fournette getting cut. But, you know, Robinson just happened to be right place at the right time. And now he's at the wrong place at the wrong time. So no need to draft him in the mid round. So I want to jump over to the projections for a second for Miami in particular, because I want us to build a case customizably for Miles Gaskin here. So in the projections, you have the, 
rushing rate for the Dolphins at 43%. I think that's probably pretty accurate. They're probably going to be a team that runs the most in the NFL. And this is the cool thing about runthesims.com. You don't agree with the projections, just modify them. It's super easy. Then there's the then there's a save button. So when you come back, you can figure it out. So 44% rushing share for Miles Gaskin, 22 for Salvin Ahmed, 11% for Malcolm Brown. And to it, 15% actually seems a bit high. For me, so I think let's let's just make a case that Miles Gaskin is the lead running back and see what that does to his projection. So if, let's say we bump him up to sixty percent of the rushing share. I'll go over there. We want to go to sixty. That means we have to find places to to bump other people out. So we'll put Tua down to ten, and we'll put Ahmed down to eleven percent and see what that does. Not one hundred and eleven percent, eleven percent. So now. We see that Gaskin is bumped all the way up to running back number 19. And when we take a look at his ADP, you're going to find that Gaskin is um, you know, number 57 overall. That would start to make a lot more sense, wouldn't it, if we think that he's going to be the lead back. But I think that does showcase that even if he is the lead back in this particular offense, it might not be the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, right. So what we've done is we've made an assumption that may or may not be true. And now by hitting the best case scenario of that assumption, he pays off at ADP. And we want guys that can pay off at ADP even when things don't break perfectly. So, um, yeah, we, we want to focus on other guys in that range, in my opinion. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk around the industry lately about the, the running back dead zone and those middle rounds and how, you know, we can tend to make assumptions that tend to be false. And to me, Miles Gaskin, a perfect example of like, let's not over project this role. Let's understand that this is a pretty fragile situation. Like, would it surprise anybody if Malcolm Brown was the guy that got 50% of the rushes in this offense? Like, I mean, I, who knows? Like, they don't owe anything to any of these guys. So to me, the door is completely wide open. So I even just updated the projections right now. I took all of the market share of targets away from Salvon Ahmed and put them just on. I, I decreased the 5% market share from Ahmed and put them on to Miles Gaskins. And, that, and now that gives him a 60% rushing market share and a 14% market share of the targets. And it still only gets him up to running back number 14. So... It's just going to be tough sledding in this offense. I mean, that I mean, half point PPR, that's 244 points. That's a really good season. You would want to have that guy on your team, no doubt. But I feel yeah. like we're almost up to a ceiling projection at this point. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, be careful how many assumptions it takes for your guy to actually, you know, be able to pop and be usable for you week in, week out. And uh, obviously, as the draft goes on, you can afford to make a few more of those assumptions, the investment that you're making is less. So uh, overall, like just good example of a player who doesn't have enough of a solid baseline to justify going, you know, anywhere in the fourth, fifth round. Yeah. So I want to jump back to Cincinnati for a second and look at those projections. Like I was talking about with Jamar chase. So if we kind of take a, take into consideration what's going on here right now, he's projected as a 21% market share tower Boyd and T Higgins. If you, and I think this is the best way. This is how I really like to use the projections is, Oh, I'm really high on this one guy. What does he actually have to do? in order for him to hit this ceiling of where I want to draft him. Like the year that I took, I had Mike Evans inside the top 10 overall. I mean, that was years ago. Now the assumption was he is the only guy who's going to catch passes on this team. He's going to have like a 33% market share. So then I went in and changed him to a 33% market share and figured that was his upside just to see what would happen. And it was like, Oh yeah, he'd be like a top three receiver if this happened. And that's <laughs> what ended up happening. My assumption was right. Now my assumption on a lot of guys tends to be really wrong, but at least now I can figure out, 
about like, oh, can Jamar Chase be the number one fantasy wide receiver? It's like, I, I suppose he could uh, if everything, and he got like 20 touchdowns or something like that. But what would he actually need to do to get into this conversation? So I want to change his projection just a little bit to see what happens here. If we want to make an assumption, let's say that Jamar Chase is going to be sort of the target monster on this team over the other two. So that slightly takes away with him. How can we adjust the projections to see what more of his upside is? So right now he's at 21%. What if we just bumped him up? Let's say he gets 25% of the target market share and we just take 2% away from the other guys. Does that work for you, Justin? Yeah, sure. Let's just give that a shot. And, and to me, that's uh, that's completely within the range of outcomes for him. Yeah, it's not like 50% market share or something like that. All of a sudden, it's just a 4% increase from 21% to 25% in this offense. That bumps him up to wide receiver eight overall. Now, that right, let's do one. Okay, let's, let's do, do one more thing while we're here, Pat. And All right. Talk about his, his touchdown rate, which is currently listed at 17% of the, of the team's receiving touchdowns. And so we think that's probably going to be a little low if he's getting 25% of the targets. Like a, a good Jamar Chase could easily, uh, you know, beat the 25% in touchdown market share. So let's bump that up to about 30% and now see what happens. Now we've got. 30% of those uh, passing touchdowns of that offense funneling through Jamar Chase, which to me makes sense in a situation where he is getting a quarter of the targets. And now you make those two changes. We bumped up his target share just a little bit and his touchdown market share to 30%. He's all of a sudden the wide receiver three overall. Yeah, so that would have 322 PPR points, 269. So at the bottom of the screen here under target uh, touchdown market share, I, it's listed at 102%. Is that okay for the projections? Yeah, no, we we obviously, if we're going to add a little bit to Jamar Chase, we need to take away a little bit from some of the other guys. The, the question that that column is asking is, you know, we, we are implying a certain number of receiving touchdowns in this offense. Uh, who's going to get those touchdowns? And so we're, we're farming those touchdowns out. We think Jamar Chase is going to get 30, 30% of those. And that means that, you know, some of those other guys are going to get a little bit less than, than what we have projected. So, you know, maybe we bump Tyler Boyd down to 15, maybe T Higgins to 17, yada, yada. So you can play with these and massage these. That's kind of the fun part to me is like, uh, you'll, you'll kind of get a sense of how top-down volume projections work because you start with assuming what the team is going to do and then assuming that every player gets some slice of that pie cut up a little bit differently and so go in there and make sure all your numbers add up to 100 and you've got some sort of viable projection yeah and that's the way that i kind of look at it like i, I think that is not an unrealistic season for jamar chase it's probably like the 90 right. seventh percentile outcome for him and most likely mm -hmm. not to happen but I don't sure. think that path is unrealistic at the same time. Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing to keep in mind is like, okay, this is maybe best case scenario for Jamar Chase. And we're still ranking him against like most likely scenario for every other receiver. So sure, we could go in and publish best case scenario for every wide receiver. And Jamar Chase's best case scenario uh, would, would start to dip backwards a little bit like you know he's still probably falling behind here i would guess you know tyreek hill and and maybe an aaron Rodgers led Devonte adams or, or somebody kind of like that in this situation so you know those guys obviously have ceilings that eclipse what we're projecting them for so well, well, let's, just keep in mind let's that, go take a look yeah, let's, let's go take a look how he is at wide receiver now so we've updated it jamar chase i i bumped him down to a 20 uh 
28% touchdown share. So that makes him wide receiver go. number five overall. But when you look at his numbers up against everyone, uh, he ends up leading the league in yardage. Uh, obviously that the targets aren't going to be quite as high as a Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stephen Diggs, and Calvin Ridley and sort of their baseline projection. But that puts him on, like you said, the Justin Jefferson type level of where we have him. Michael Thomas, A.J. Brown. And that's not inconceivable if you really think about how this offense works. Now, if you think it's more of like a a Drew Brees communist offense where everyone has to get their share, then maybe that doesn't work out and all three of them are sort of in the 20s. But if you can factor one or two of the guys out and say, hey, there's a reason they went out and got Chase. He's the alpha. He's who you need to go get. He would become like when I spoke about a bit earlier and said in the comment section, give me one of your reach players. I think he's going to be a bit of a reach player for me. And he falls in that like, I mean, if you take him in the fifth round, you can take him in the fifth round. That's fine. Like he's going in like the early sixth round. So a reach of a round, maybe even late fourth. I don't really see that big of a problem with it because as you mentioned, there's that dead zone for running backs where like legit Mike Davis is the Mike Davis and David Montgomery are like the guys that you want. That That's not really inspiring. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, take a guy with immense upside and Pat, do you recall, let's see, it's been two years now since Jamar Chase has played football. Who is his quarterback back then at LSU? I believe it was a guy who blew out his knee at some point last year. That'd be Mr. Joe Burrow, indeed. Yeah, so we get to reunite this uh, LSU connection up in up in Ohio. So yeah, I think there's. I, I'm just I'm digging the narratives, man. I'm digging the narratives, and I love the way that the projections just sort of independently love Jamar Chase. So how do you go about creating these projections? I, I'm really curious about that. I think that people like to know that because there are some people who develop their own projections. They have giant Excel sheets. One of the reasons that Run the Sims exists is because people like me who are bad at math and can't do any programming like this is easy for me to figure out i just go and type in numbers and it updates for me that was one of the big things about fantasy nationals like oh i don't know how to collect all this data myself here it's all here it's all collected for me and it's super customizable for me to tell the story that i want it to tell that's really the hook line and sinker of this site is that you get to customize everything but when you're setting the baseline projections how do you come up with that Yeah, exactly. So we we do try to just like fantasy national, try to control the number of knobs and levers that people can turn and make that as, as easy as possible. Um, And and so, yeah, there is a little bit of art and a little bit of science involved in creating NFL projections. I, I think maybe for some other sports, you get away with maybe a true scientific approach, but in the NFL, you're constantly dealing with rumors and news and, um, you know, injuries and depth chart shuffles and all of these things that it would be very tough to, to programmatically do. So the, the volume numbers in an offense, uh, I don't know any way to, to do it other than to go in and plug those in manually. And that means that what you'd be seeing as a baseline here is sort of my default, like what I think is going to happen. And so what I think is going to happen may mean something, but it's not certainly everything. And, you know, feel free to go in there and tweak it yourself. So the volume stuff is very, very much feel based, but the efficiency stuff. And when I say efficiency, I'm talking about what do we expect that person to do with that volume? You know, what do we expect Mike Davis to do when we do give him 200 carries? You know, does that turn into 800 yards or a thousand yards? For example, that's a little bit more scientific. We can look back on historical data, um, you know, for what running backs tend to do at that age in new situations based on this former career numbers and then sort of project that out for the year. And so I think if you just sort of trusted the numbers related to uh, you know yards per carry, yards per reception, catch rate, some of those things we have programmatically in there, I think you're going to find that they're pretty close to predictable. 
The only thing that's not predictable is the volume. So go in there and tweak around and, you know, make somebody else the, the RB1 out of nowhere, you know, simulate out the, the season that happens when, you know, uh, some starting running back gets hurt in camp and now the backup is the starter all year long. So there's a lot of different things you can do to plug with it, but it is very much a, a feel-based thing. And, you know, I do this for preseason, but also for every week in season for our DFS projections too. And it's just kind of a constant shuffle and monitoring of the news, a lot of push alert notifications on the phone to make sure we don't miss anything. So it's a, uh, it's, it's a lot going on in season. Let's take a break so I can welcome you to stock X, the only live marketplace for what's now and next, whether it's the latest sneakers, apparel, electronics, collectibles, trading cards, everything on StockX is brand new and 100% verified authentic. With StockX, you have the power to shop millions of hard to find or sold out products at their true market value. Discover products that are on trend and ahead of the trends by shopping on StockX. Download the app or sign up online to start buying and selling in a few easy clicks. Start shopping at StockX.com. I was scoping around on DealDash.com the other day because I've heard that people have saved big money there. And I tell you, what I saw, I almost couldn't believe. They had auctions on a crazy wide variety of quality products, and people were winning them at truly shocking prices. So here's the question. How much can you save at DealDash.com? Well, that's completely up to you. Some people save 80%. Some people save 90%. Some people save up to 99%. Really, the only way to find out how much you can save is to visit DealDash.com today and use promo code MAYO. That's DealDash.com, promo code M-A-Y-O, to see how much you can save. DealDash, where deals come true. So when you're able to customize, and that's what I want to do with the Patriots right now, because it does seem like there is a case that Damian Harris just might be the guy in New England. I don't mm -hmm. want to trust that. I don't want to bake that and be like, oh, yeah, he's going to get 80% of the rushes. But I think the biggest conundrum for his fantasy outlook for the year comes down to who's starting at quarterback. What do you make of Newton versus Mac Jones and how long that's going to last? Yeah, I think the Patriots, if they're being honest with themselves, they know they're not winning a Super Bowl this year, and it really probably doesn't matter who the quarterback is. You know, they're not going to be a hyper-competitive team, I don't think. However, it's time to go ahead and start getting Mac Jones his looks. So I kind of foresee this being uh, a short hook for Cam Newton. I would bet he opens up the season as the week one starter, but maybe by week five, we're seeing Mac Jones come into the picture. I mean, let's be real. Everybody knows when you draft a quarterback in the first round that it's just a matter of time with, you know, maybe a rare exception like the Jordan Love, uh, Aaron Rodgers deal. So yeah, Mac Jones, I think will be the starter under center by week five. And that should really, really help Damian Harris because Damian Harris, a guy who is going to need touchdown equity to pay off and Cam Newton sucks the lifeblood out of the rushing offense, you know, wherever he goes, because he's the goal line back, you know, you can march it all the way up and down the field. You could have some great yardage games, but he is going to be the guy inside the five to try to punch it in. And rightfully so he's 
excellent at it. So yeah, I think that's really scary situation is like a Cam Newton starts all season long if you're drafting Damian Harris, but I think we can project three quarters of this season with Mac Jones. And that means Damian Harris could be an actual league winner for you by the time the playoff stretch comes along. Well, let's update the Patriots projections to try to create that scenario of where Damian Harris could be if Mac Jones is the starter after a few games. So right now we have him at a 44.9% TD market share. I had previously bumped up Cam Newton to a 19%, but let's say he only starts three games or something like that. Probably still giving him like a 9%. It seems about right for the amount that he's going to do this season. Mac Jones will have right around 5%. I bumped down Sonny Michelle, but let's live in a world where Sonny Michelle kind of goes away. Like, do we think that Sonny Michelle is really going to have that big of an impact this year? Like, he could get cut before the season starts, right? Absolutely could get cut this year. Um, And Damian Harris, a guy who would then, if Sonny Michelle's not around, take over like almost the entirety of the rushing touchdown expectation on that team. Well, let's just bump Stevenson up. Let's put Stevenson at 11% of the market share of rushes. We're going to put down, we'll just lose, put Sony down to 0% and then we'll bump up. Let's see here. How can I do this? 60%. For Damian Harris. What are we looking at right now? So that's, that's, that's right around. We'll even put Stevenson at 13% to see what happens. And then we'll take away the, we'll bump up Stevenson to around 10%. You know, that's 310%. That's probably not going to work out. And then give another, just put Damian Harris at an even 50% and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden, he's up to running back 20. And you'd have to think that if there is no Sony Michelle, Uh, with his 2% target market share. We know that James White is going to be the back in that offense, but maybe Mac Mac Jones does check down a little bit more. And people are always under the assumption that if James White's on the field, it's a passing play. It's not going to be a running play. Maybe they start to disguise their offense a little bit with Damian Harris. And all of a sudden, he's not at a 4% market share of the targets. He's at a 9% market share of the targets. What does that do to his projection all of a sudden? So now we're looking at a situation. We're going to bump Sony Michelle down to zero, and we'll be 3% over and have to live with the results of that. All of a sudden, he's running back 15. Now, that's a pretty huge expectation. A 60% market share, 50% of the rushing touchdowns, 9% market share of the target. So even if he's skimmed 20% off those numbers, he's still right around like an over 200-point score in half-point PPR. And when I looked at my rankings and I had him firmly in that mix with Kenyon Drake and James Robinson, like the handcuffs with a lot of upside, I feel like he should almost be at a different tier than that. So I had previously ranked him number 95. I want you to help me re-rank him. Like if we're thinking about where we want to draft him this season, would you have him like, would you rather have Miles Gaskin or would you rather have Damian Harris? It's funny. I was just thinking about Gaskin because Gaskin is going to come out as a similar projection, but with more assumptions needed to get him to where we want him to be. Um, I do think the Patriots offense has the potential to be truly awful though. So we have to bake that in as well. Like they may be one of the lower scoring teams in the NFL this year. And granted they up quote unquote upgraded their pass catchers quite a bit this year. They brought in, uh, you know, the double tight end set with Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, uh, Nelson Aguilar, you know, Kendrick Bourne that they, they've got a real who's who over there. And, um, but I think that it could just be a really bad offense. So trying to figure out what names he belongs close to, I I think, yeah, I, I think you're probably talking about, 
a ranking that ends up somewhere in the uh, you know 70s or 80s overall. Maybe uh, you know, like think about a guy like you know, Chase Edmonds, for example. Um, you know, him over in Arizona, I have, I have Damian Harris ranked right behind Chase Edmonds and right ahead of Michael Carter for the Jets right now. And each of those guys, uh, Edmonds is a guy who has you know, a fuzzy role on a good team. Harris has a locked in role on a bad team. And Michael Carter has a fuzzy role on a bad team. So if you kind of like pigeonhole them in, into that range, like that's kind of where I think you should be considering Damian Harris. So I have Chase Edmonds ranked at number 71 overall. I have Michael Carter ranked at number 73 overall. It's funny that you mentioned those two names because I actually have them super close. The one good mm-hmm. thing is like you're looking for efficiency from Chase Edmonds and hopefully Kyler doesn't steal every rushing touchdown near the goal line, which I don't think that he's going to do this year. But mm-hmm. there is potential upside for him, especially through the receiving game. You ch- you chuck on like five, six targets a game. And even with James Conner in town, still get between like eight and 12 carries. That's a very viable running back in both half point and full point PPR. Michael Carter is just sort of a shot in the dark. Like the way that everyone has glommed on to Javante Williams already be like, oh, he's going to be the starter in Denver. He's going to have the full-time role. Melvin Gordon is nothing anymore. That's a lot of assumptions to make too. That might be the case. And I'm willing to kind of buy into that over Carter. But if Carter ends up just being like, not, not even having like a huge share of the snaps with the Jets. If he just plays like 60%, he's the lead and he's involved in passing down situations. Zach Wilson's going to run a bit, which should hurt his overall target share. But I expect the Jets to be so bad on defense that they're just going to run a lot of plays, it would seem. Hopefully they can move the chains a little bit and extend some drives, but there should be enough volume for him. That's why I do think that Damian Harris should go in as well. So do you think you would rather have Michael Carter or Damian Williams or Damian Harris? Sorry. I think Damian Harris, and I think the reason why is because of some of these encouraging reports uh, so far out of the Patriots organization that seems like they really trust Damian Harris. And I'd kind of considered Sony Michelle to uh, be a real thorn in the side. And I think it's now seeming more and more like it would take something bad to happen to Damian Harris for Sony Michelle to be involved in the offense at all. And then obviously Rex Burkhead's out of town. So if, if, if Sony Michelle's not a huge part of this offense, we're talking about a two-man backfield. That's something we hadn't had in New England in many, many years. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'm more interested there. To me, Michael Carter obviously is the the mystery box option, and that's intriguing. And, and maybe you should be a bit more uh, you know, prone to hop on rookies. But I do like the fact that we've seen Damian Harris be involved, you know, during in different facets of of, of different places on the field. And so if we can get Mac Jones quarterback situation, Damian Harris now has a floor and a ceiling. Yeah, if Cam, I mean, this is part of the assumption too. And I think that has to be baked into the ranking a little bit is, hey, what if Cam just starts all 17 games and you're like, oh, I mean, if Cam starts all 17 games, that would probably actually mean they're pretty good, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably so. So that's maybe a, a good a good hedge there is to understand that even the worst case scenario for Damian Harris, which is a Cam Newton season, likely correlates with a really good season for the entire offense. I, had, I hadn't considered that. That's a good point. Yeah, because if, if Cam is terrible and they're losing, he's getting yanked for Mac Jones immediately. The only way he keeps his job is if he plays well. Then he's stealing rushing touchdowns, but it probably means that they're a higher volume rushing offense anyway. Uh, and we've seen just the rushing lanes for running backs when you have a primary running quarterback are just, they're gaping. Like you can find these holes and break off chunk plays in large. So maybe that's a bonus for Damian Harris too. So this little mini tier. So I had him as a part of that handcuffed here. I'm going to move him up to the Chase Edmonds, Ronald Jones, Michael Carter tier. That was like a little mini tier that I had after 
Gaskin and Mostert and Josh Jacobs. I, I don't think that Harris is up on that level. Although Josh Jacobs could end up being a pretty good comp for him if everything breaks right. But I think I have Josh Jacobs, not necessarily at his floor in terms of his ranking, but like below where his median outcome is, just because I'm not, I'm not a believer that he'll ever do anything in the passing game. Yeah, based on where ADP's falling for Josh Jacobs, I'm just never going to get him there, you know. And so I, I'm fine with that. Like, you don't want a timeshare running back in a, you know, a mediocre offense. And granted, the Raiders scored a lot of touchdowns last year, um, and, and Josh Jacobs is a big part of that. But overall, like when you add a guy that they paid premium free agency money for, like that in, in Kenyon Drake, I, I think that changes everything in that backfield. Yeah, I think it just it really changes what we the expectation that I remember after week one last year against Carolina everyone's like oh my god Josh Jacobs he had like four catches or something he had the three touchdowns as well it was like Mm -hmm. oh my god he's gonna have the most monster season everyone who said that he wasn't involved in the receiving game is so stupid look at this and it's like no he basically like didn't catch a pass the entire year (laughs) exactly yeah everybody took their victory lap just a smidge too soon there so Edmonds Ronald Jones Michael Carter 71 72 73 is where I have them right now let's insert Damian Harris in there. So would you go Edmonds or Harris? I I still lean towards Harris there. I kind of think James Conner is going to be the guy in Arizona and it's going to, it may suck and James Conner may not be all that great. And that's all fine. That can all still be true. But as we mentioned earlier, volume is king in fantasy football. So if James Conner is the guy that just keeps Chase Edmonds limited to third downs, then it doesn't matter how good Chase Edmonds is. So would you go Chase Edmonds or Ronald Jones? Chase Edmonds. Okay. Would you go Michael Carter or Ronald Jones? Michael Carter. All right. There we are. So that that's the move. Maybe I have Ronald Jones overranked, but I just think that he is going to be the guy in that backfield eventually. I mean, is there a guarantee that Fournette even makes this team? Well, so that was, uh, I actually want to ask you about the Bucks backfield because ever since they signed Gio Bernard this offseason, that is another free agent addition that sort of changed everything because without Gio Bernard in the picture, you can say that, okay, well, we'll see sort of a split like we saw last year. Like maybe they lean Ronald Jones just a smidge more on the ground and then Fournette, you know, plenty of groundwork, but the vast majority of the passing game work. And then we saw Fournette just drops all these passes um, you know, late in the season last year and they bring Gio Bernard in. It's like they maybe don't trust Fournette to get it done. But obviously Fournette came through in the clutch last year, playoff Lenny uh, for the win, just sort of left Ronald Jones holding the bag. Now, granted, Jones is a little bit banged up too, but I think Gio Bernard really, really sort of limits the upside potential of uh, of Leonard Fournette. And so maybe that means Ronald Jones is the only guy in that backfield who you know what his role looks like. Yeah, I just, I, I, it's not a backfield that I really want a lot to do with. Like Bernard, actually, it just, he, I, I can't imagine ever having to play him. Like, what does my team look right. like that I'm playing Gio Bernard? Not a good team, I would say. You better hope that like you have your entire starting lineup on by that week. Um, yeah, and, and then you hope that you get lucky on top of that. Yeah, I, I don't think Bernard is a guy that you want to target by any means or even put on your team. He's just a guy that makes it really hairy for everybody else. 
So looking at the ADPs right now from the last three weeks, so I want to use, again, just the most updated information on where these guys are actually going at the moment. Uh, taking a look at it, we have Ronald Jones being drafted as running back number 33, Damian Harris being drafted as running back number 34, and Leonard Fournette being drafted as running back number 35. That's kind of just a weird tier of these guys that we've just primarily been talking about. And Trace Sermon is going at number 29. I still can't figure that out for the life of me. That just seems way too high to me and I, I can tell you we can talk ourselves into the upside as much as we want in that san francisco backfield but they legit have like seven running backs yeah well the the running back rotation's tightening up at least a little bit and granted they brought in some rookies obviously trey sermon and I actually just fired a tweet off about this a little while ago like i think raheem mostert is maybe one of the most slept on guys in this range like to me he's a guy who's averaging well over five yards. i think it's five and a half yards per carry over the course of his career, like phenomenal running back rushing usage. And, you know, he's in an offense that obviously loves to run the ball and, you know, people sleep on Mostert. Mostert was a, a four, three guy and, you know, uh, almost four, six for Trey Sermon. So I, I don't understand, like the team has put no real draft capital, a third round draft pick in Trey Sermon. And we're acting like they took him in the first round. Like it's, it's a very different situation. I don't think, the team owes that much in terms of draft capital to uh to playing trey sermon but we're going to start off the season with jeff wilson banged up he may not be ready for week one based on early reports obviously tevin coleman is playing for the jets now and so yeah there's there's not a whole lot of other options uh you know wayne gallman's a, a part of that offense now but i don't expect them to uh to feature him in any real way um i think i think it's raheem mostert's backfield i i, th I think we're just overcomplicating this like crazy and even like let's just take a look at the projections here that you have raheem Mostert. like the baseline projection for him is 41 percent of the market share of carries and even if that ends up being the case now it does i had a 45 uh rushing td market share that is pretty high that would have him being running back number 19 but only 41 percent of the carries is pretty low the big thing here is the trey lance part of this because you live That's that right. you live that hedge life in the projections 50 percent passing market share for trey lance 50 percent for jimmy garoppolo <laughs> but we can play around with this and see what happens if i don't know let's say there's a 100 percent passing market share oh that's a one percent we probably don't want to do that we want to go 100 percent market share for trey lance now all of a sudden you know we're ticking up a little bit although you'd probably have to think that the rushing share for trey lance goes from like 12 percent to what like 17 18 percent yeah i was thinking 18 percent there mm -hmm. so let, let's change that to 18 percent all of a sudden we see and let's take a few away from Mostart in that situation we'll put him at 38 percent 38.1% sure that works out fine. Then, then we're at 101. So let's, I mean, Trey Lance is looking good all of a sudden with his uh, QB number 14 overall is what he gets bumped up to in this situation. And that's even with six yards per carry uh, and a very high rush rate. So the rushing rate for this team overall really helps out. But even if we drop Mostert with Trey Lance in, uh, maybe it takes away from the market share of rushing touchdowns. Should we, should we adjust those at all, do you think? Uh, it, it could. Yeah. I, I think maybe you bump that uh, touchdown market share down to maybe 40 there for, for Mostert. And um, yeah, that, that uh, per my number, gets him to what, running back 21. And um, so, so yeah, I mean, still well paying off uh, current ADP. Yeah. So that, I mean, if we just adjust him down with Trey Lance and giving him more of a share and a 39% touchdown rate sends a little bit better to me. Cause a lot of it really depends on what happens with Jeff Wilson. Cause if he plays his, 
rushing market share for touchdowns is going to be like 89% or something stupid like that because <laughs> that's just what they do. Uh, and then, you know, Kyle Juszczyk or Jerzerik, as we call him on this show, because we can't read or spell or pronounce names properly. But Juszczyk, uh, he's going to have his like three rushing touchdowns somehow. But it's really the Trey Lance situation, which I think helps overall the rushing of this team in general. Like, I think you'll see more yardage for someone like Raheem Moster. But now we enter this like Kyler Murray uh Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen situation where is the quarterback going to be the one who's scoring all the touchdowns? But even in that scenario, a 38% market share of the rushing attempts all year long, 39% of the rushing touchdowns on this team, a 7% market share of targets. I mean, that seems maybe that's on the high end, but that's not crazy by any means. That still makes him running back number 22 for the season. And just looking at where he's going in drafts right now, uh, it is running back number 31 overall after Trey Sermon, and that's at pick number 82 in drafts. So that dead range that you talked about between like 50 and 100 for running backs is true. There is a dead range. But at the back end of that, that's probably when you start want to re- start reinvesting back into running backs, I think. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, this guy's going far enough back where you you don't need him to be uh, capturing any type of huge ceiling. And you obviously know that obviously if you remove some of these other running backs from the picture, there's there's obvious path to him you know, taking over as a lead back and and running away with it on on extreme efficiency like this. You'll see a yards per carry number beside Raheem Mostert that's a little bit gaudy, 5.4 yards per carry. That's that's not a number we typically see projected for a running back. Occasionally, you'll see a player land on it, but Mostert's had a long enough track history of being a hyper-efficient runner that we can leave that there. So he's even a guy that doesn't need uh, 20 carries a game to pay off. No, and if he's going to get 20 carries per game, then all of a sudden his market share isn't going to be 38%. It's going to be like 60%. Then you can just go manually adjust that number down. It's like a lot like the Lamar Miller situation when he was in Miami, where he basically put up the same numbers on 10 carries a game in Miami as he did in 20 carries (laughs) a game in Houston because his efficiency went down so much. So if you can project in like 10 to 15 carries a game, sometimes on the high end, sometimes on the low end for Mostert, but he stays around that efficiency number. But if you did want to put him in at 65% market share, you'd probably just adjust his yards per carry down to like 4.5 or something like that and see what the numbers put out for you. Yep, exactly. So there's a number of ways that you can uh, skin the same cat, but overall get you to the uh, to, to the same outcome. So final thing I wanted to talk about was this QB stuff. So we talked about if Mac Jones is the starter, if we just did some projections, if Trey Lance is the starter, Justin Fields, we can talk about him as well. Because you had mentioned Jalen Hurts, who it seems like anyone who runs numbers or understands how fantasy scoring works at the quarterback <laughs> position is really in love with. But I think we all admit that there's massive downside to someone like Jalen Hurts if he's just not all that great. I think that his floor will be excellent, but like I have him right now as quarterback number eight overall. Like That's where I would want to take him because I think that he is one of the few quarterbacks in the running this year to be QB1. Uh, and everyone will scoff at that, but if you just look at how fantasy quarterbacks score points he does it the right way, but so does Zach Wilson. So does Trey Lance. So does Justin Fields. So does Joe Burrow. If we can get him running a little bit, Trevor Lawrence is one that it's funny because we want to talk about the super late guys. who We don't know whether they're starting or not, but Trevor Lawrence runs too. Like Trevor Lawrence, is there a path for any of these guys to be a top five quarterback if they start day one this year? 
yeah, I, I think certainly for Jalen Hurts, there's a path towards top five. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I'd have a little bit tougher time seeing getting there in year one. He is definitely a mobile quarterback. Uh, let's not forget that. And uh, but I just still don't know if the the ceiling is there for Trevor Lawrence. But he is a phenomenal prospect. Let's not forget that people have been tanking for two or three years, you know, knowing that Trevor Lawrence was coming through the pipeline in 2021. Ultimately he ends up with Jacksonville. So yeah, I, I think there's, there's plenty of reason to want him, especially in a best ball format where you're going to want to roster at least two quarterbacks or even in a, a super flex league too, but not a guy I'm super targeting for uh, for single quarterback redraft. Uh, but I am interested in some of those guys that we don't know whether are going to be starters or not in Justin Fields and Trey Lance, specifically Lance. Like I think Lance uh, has much more of a known rushing history than Fields or Lawrence or, or Wilson for that matter. So I think we could project some pretty strong rushing usage. And that's usually the thing in projections that we can feel much more solid about is, is knowing where that rushing volume is coming from. And that's why Jalen Hurts pops so much is because he's going to get a quarter of the team's rush attempts in this offense, no doubt about it, unless the, the team trades for Deshaun Watson or something crazy like that happens. But you obviously can't project for that. Uh, I think uh, Trey Lance definitely has top five potential should he end up getting 16 games worth of start or 17 games worth of starts. Yeah, I mean, even 16 games worth of starts. I, I'd take the hit week one and play someone else and have Trey Lance for the next 16 games. I think that would be fine. Looking at their ADPs mm -hmm. right now, Jalen Hurts is QB nine off the board at pick number 87. Like he's going a spot after Aaron Rodgers. I know it seems sacrilegious and people who don't understand fantasy wouldn't make sense of it, but I'd rather have Jalen Hurts and Aaron Rodgers. I just would. Because if Jalen Hurts sucks, I can go pick up someone who has like 85% of the numbers of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, exactly. And especially if you're drafting right now and don't know whether Aaron Rodgers is going to be hosting Jeopardy or throwing footballs this fall, it, it could be really tough to, to place a whole lot of trust in Aaron Rodgers even suiting up. So you've got to factor in some sort of risk associated with that as a part of his decision there. So yeah, definitely like uh, Jalen Hurts in that situation. And, you know, as we're talking about rumors and possible situations and stuff, like Deshaun Watson's a guy who's really interesting to keep an eye on, especially if you're doing your best ball drafts and things like that right now, because you know, Watson is a guy that we know if he puts on his uniform is probably going to be a candidate to put up top five numbers and whether he's playing behind that terrible Houston team or playing in Philly or playing for whoever, Denver, whoever else. Like, I think he's super intriguing as like a, a super late round best ball pick right now. Yeah, even in season long, if you're doing early drafts and you have an extended bench or just don't care about something, I mean, the the worst case scenario is you draft him in the last round, just wait till the beginning of the season if he's not traded or put on the exemption list or whatever it might be, because even if he's traded, doesn't mean he's necessarily going to play this year, depending on what his potential suspension might be, that just drop him before week one. Like, don't draft a kicker, draft Deshaun Watson, then pick up a kicker week one yeah. if, he, if nothing has happened yet. Exactly. Or, or swap him out for that handcuff running back that, you know, you could just as easily get after week one or whatever. Like, I mean, there's a lot of options there. So be smart with the way you're, you're putting your roster together. Have some guys in there that have ceilings. Like there's no need, you know, for you to be rostering Sam Darnold. Like he's not going to help you this year. Take a flyer on a guy like Watson who, you know, you can absolutely cut bait on uh, before week one. So and, and Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston are two perfect examples of that too to me there's a lot of really intriguing quarterback battles going on and uh Taysom and Jameis is is 
like either one of those guys is going to put up fantasy points this season. You just don't know who it is uh, just yet. So pick one and hold them on the end of your bench until it's uh, time to start week one. And you'll know who the starter is then. So it looks like the elite level Jalen Hurts, like I said, quarterback number 10. For reference, Trey Lance is going quarterback number 18, 145 overall. So they're basically like last round picks at this point. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, I'll throw into that mix because he runs as well. And that's really what I'm looking for here. Deshaun Watson, number 28. Zach Wilson, number 29. Taysom Hill and Jameis, 27 and 31. The only other one I kind of wanted to mention as a part of this, I guess the two. One, we laid out that scenario where Cam Newton starts all year. If he starts all year... He's going to be a good fantasy quarterback. Absolutely. Like we've rarely seen Cam Newton be a bad fantasy quarterback. We've seen him play some bad football, but we've not seen him be a bad fantasy quarterback when he's out there. Like, I mean, you feel like he's a favorite to score a rushing touchdown. And then, uh, you know, he struggled in the air last year, but hopefully with those weapons upgrades coming this year and people forget that the Patriots also had like a record high number of people who went on the, the COVID exempt list last year and chose not to play. They'll, they'll be better this year in new England. So yeah, a, a promising situation for Cam Newton where a, one where he starts all season long is a really good fantasy situation. All right. That will do it on the Pat Mayo experience picks or rankings 50 to 100. You can find the entire list in the comment section and description of this show. And you can find them up on DraftKingsPlaybook.com. Check out my top 50 with Jake Seeley, where I went through and we navigated the rankings. This was more projection-based and trying to figure out some of those mid-guys that, I mean, Justin, like the 6th, 7th, 8th round, like if you can find one good player, like usually when you go back and look at your drafts at the end of the year and look at the five, six, seven, eight round, the teams that win are the teams that find two guys who were good from that range. Yeah, you, you hear people talk about league winners. And to me, league winners often come from two different places. One is like the one guy who you had to have in the first round to win your league last year. And maybe that was like Alvin Kamara uh, last year. Like you, you just needed him or you maybe needed Derrick Henry, one of those two types of guys. Um, like a really small number of guys that you just had to have in the first round. And then the next is those groups of guys that are going in the middle rounds who all of a sudden launch their way into being low-end wide receiver ones or low-end running back ones that round out your roster and, and just make you super strong. So, you know, finding guys who are going to fall into early volume, I think is a, a good shortcut. And, and hopefully that projection builder tool over on runthesims.com can help folks get there. All right. Uh, can you tell everyone else what is to be expected to come from runthesims.com? Because the entire site is free right now. So if people want to go check it out, like for the optimizer, you have week one from last year loaded in so people can go try it, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, we've got a lot of stuff that's already up and available. I will say, if you're thinking about joining, go ahead and get you a free account. But I would go ahead and sign up immediately because on July 31st at midnight uh, for August 1st, we're going to increase the price by 50 bucks. So hop on in there, join the Founders Club, get that discount. That's $199 for the entire NFL season. Um, if you go to uh, runthesims.com slash Mayo, we've got some even better hookups for you over there too. Um, so go check that out. But yeah, we've got projections. And then the, the big thing that sets 
uh, run the sims apart from other places is we lean on simulations. What we do is, you know, during the week uh, of the NFL seasons, we're going to run every game out. Like think about a Madden simulation, like where at the end of the game, you get a box score for every player. We do that and we do it 10,000 times for every single game. And then we get some really cool information off of that that we share with you. We make it super easy. It's like a super nerdy, complicated process that's made super easy and informative and easy to use. So go on over there, run the sims Yes. And the biggest thing for me, why I wanted to team up with Justin to do this is just how much fun that I have on a site like Fantasy National, where I can go and plug in what I think is going to happen. And the site can tell me, give me my projections of what I think is going to happen. This is going to be that for the NFL. And don't be afraid to check out the advanced stats hub, by the way, go play around in there because Justin, that's the super underrated part of the site that I feel like we're not talking about enough. That's true. You, you are 100% right. I, I'd never remember to mention the stats hub, and it's maybe one of the more informative places you can go because it gets you some look at some numbers that aren't as readily accessible. Uh, you know, things such as expected points added or win probability added, and you can really sort of turn the screws on trying to get to the bottom of whether a player is any good or not by digging into those numbers. You can get really good understandings of what a fair baseline is uh, for any of these players by going in there looking at those numbers. And then obviously we're, we're keeping track of, you know, target market shares, rushing market shares and that sort of thing. You'll get that displayed out all in a really, uh, you know, pretty easy to use visualization. And it, it's fun. Just go in there and, you know, run some queries and, and find out some answers to questions you have. To me, it's, it's always cool to go in and learn more about these players. Yeah, well, you can select the weeks that you want. You can go by game if you want to check it out to see the offensive win probability. Uh, you can look at the analytics by the season, uh, the analytics by team and sort it and customize it any way that you want. And this is just so hard to find uh, available. And is, is this going to be free all year long? Yeah. Well, what do you think, Pat? Should we leave it free? I say I, we just leave it free. I, I think that we leave it free. The people who want to go check this out on a weekly basis uh, can go check this out and make their process much easier on themselves to go find exactly what they want. I, I think I'm good with that. All right, let's roll with it then. Yeah, it's it's been great. Everybody's really loved it who's checked it out so far. Um, you know, I say when you when you launch a site like this, like we've done, uh, you never really know what's going to break. And so far, nothing's breaking and everybody's happy. Everything's great, Pat. So uh, yeah, head on over there uh, today. And, and it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun so far. All right, at Justin Freeman 18 on Twitter to check him out. One of the best showdown, DraftKings showdown players in the world. So you might want to follow him for that. Uh, also, sub to Mayo Media Network and become a member, a founding member at runthesims.com slash Mayo to get that discount lock in your price for life right now. Or just go check out the site for free by signing up to see if it's something that you might be into for this season. Remember to get into that cash giveaway draw as well. Uh, just go down in the description or search Fantasy Football Picks and Bets on Apple Podcasts. Leave a subscribe to it. Leave a five-star review. Something you enjoy about the show. Twitter handle, email, and you're in a draw for the cash giveaways. The more reviews that we get, the higher that prize pool is going to be for the cash giveaways. So right now, it's at $500 in the kitty. We get a few more. Let's say 25 more reviews. Maybe we'll pump that up to $1,000 for me to give to you out there. So please go check that out now. Check out the show, too. I mean, the show is quite good. Uh, and it's going to be coming at you fast and furious. A different vibe from the Pat Mayo experience, but still all the fantasy football news that you need. Smash the like on the way out, and that'll do it for me. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo experience! Experience! Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. 
Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.